Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Commission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Hey there, Tony. It is so good to be with you again. Man, I really, really enjoy our time. We just get to have some of these conversations and talk about various aspects of missions. And we are going to do something that we don't often do. We're actually going to continue a topic that we finished up with and mentioned in our uh, second-to-last podcast episode that we did about how people who are not called to preach in missions, so what does that mean for them regarding the work of missions? You know, kind of like, well, we we go all the churches all the time, and we're trying to obviously pray for and encourage folks to consider and surrender to full-time mission service, be church planters, be evangelists, be the light of the gospel in foreign lands. But of course, not everyone is called of God to be a preacher and to be a church planter. But then the question is, okay, so what does that mean for all those folks sitting in that church service, uh, maybe attending a missions conference? What is their role and responsibility regarding the need of evangelism worldwide while they're just sitting in their you know, home church? And obviously, one of the first things people think of is, well, okay, I'm going to give to missions. And we've talked about that at length through our podcast episodes. And, and then they're going to pray for missions uh, and pray for missionaries. But is that all that there is? Is there anything else that they can do to be a part of reaching the lost worldwide? Mm-hmm. Or is it just, sorry, my job is just to stay here, live my life, and I'll pray and, and give towards missions? And, and I think that's a great question to tackle because the world needs more laborers. Right. The world needs more representatives of Jesus Christ, or to use the Bible term, ambassadors. And, and if we just go on the numbers of those who are called missionaries as saying uh, church-planting missionaries in that sense, we will never— reach the world. When we're coming upon, I think by the end of 2021, we'll be at 8 billion people. And the the labor force is few. I mean, Jesus himself said that. So what, what can the average person do who's just sitting in church but has a heart for missions? It's a great question. And I think there's a lot that that people can do. We live in such a a different world than we did even 20 years ago and such. And I know that this past year with the whole, you know, COVID thing and everything and, and borders being shut down, but by and large, and I think we're starting to see it again with borders opening again and people working for companies that are worldwide companies, not, you know, it used to be, okay, I work for this employer and they, they're based in the United States and that's, the only place they do business. Well, not anymore. Um, most companies are, are located around the world, have offices around the world, and are constantly moving employees around the world as well. I think that if if Christians who work those those day to day jobs in the in the workforce outside of what we would call quote unquote ministry jobs, I, even I think 
wherever you are, your job is your ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I think there's such tremendous opportunity um, for for Christians who have a burden for missions to really be a help if they would stop and think, okay, you know, say say somebody's sitting in a in a church somewhere in the United States and their employer says, hey, listen, we've got a job for you in in England or Australia or wherever the case may be, and this is what we want you to do next. Well, if they would stop and think how they help their current church and how they're a blessing in that current church, how much more could they be a blessing to a church being planted and a missionary that's getting started planting a church in one of those places? We're not encouraging people to just kind of move overseas and leave their their local church. That's not the point. But, you know, I, I, I read a survey not too long ago that said it was a survey done of 28,000 employees from 27 countries around the world. And 78% of everybody surveyed said, if my employer asked me to leave this country to continue my employment, 78% of the people said, I would do that. Mm. I would go somewhere else. Well, if they went somewhere else, and and 41% of those said, I would even go there permanently. Can you imagine the impact that a discipled, grounded mature Christian can have in a brand new church plant. Well, of course you can because you've planted a church, so you can understand how that would be a tremendous blessing. And there's so much opportunity for people to carry out their job and to still, or not still, maybe is not the right word, but to, to really further the cause of missions abroad in a, in a whole new way that maybe we haven't considered before. It just opens up the opportunity for so many people if we if we come down to the nitty gritty of it all that everybody is called to be an ambassador of Christ and do the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Like we all have been given this great treasure as just we as earthly vessels. And so we have this treasure of the gospel. We've got to proclaim the treasure of the gospel to people all around this world. And it is not just for a select few. I think that's the bottom line. Once you start there, okay, every single person sitting in every single church, mm-hmm. uh, wherever there's, wherever they're at, has the responsibility of proclaiming Christ and making him known to those right. around the world. Mm-hmm. And... and And I think some of the struggle is that people just don't see how they can fit into that because they're not called to preach. You know, maybe they're just a, a just a regular worker and uh, working in a factory, working for Amazon, working mm-hmm. as you know, a secretary in, in an office somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so they say, "Well, how I don't see how I could be used." But as you said, the world is is different today. The world has shrunk. There's so many uh, opportunities to uh, travel mm-hmm. and take jobs. Uh, yeah. Overseas, and as you mentioned, companies are relocating people all the time. And mm-hmm. what if what if Christian workers put their hands up and volunteered to say, "Hey, you're opening up a a, a plant in India. I'll go yeah. and mm-hmm. take the lead on that." And they can still do the occupation God has put in their heart to do, mm-hmm. but then say, "Hey, while I, while I'm here in India, I'm going to get involved in working a church and 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 just being a, a light of of Jesus Christ, salt and light in that sure. community of wherever mm-hmm. I'm at in India or wherever place it may be in the world. And and that is such the 
opportunity that I think we're missing out on in in so many ways because people just aren't thinking that big yeah. in, in that big yeah. uh, vastness of how they can yeah. be used. You, you mentioned India, and it's interesting because you, you think about this. A, a person who gets relocated to India by their employer is going to get into the country of India easier than a missionary is and is going to have probably a lot more even freedom and access to live out their Christian life before their co-workers than a lot of churches that have, you know, face persecution in, in, in an area like that and in a country mm, like yeah. that. And there's so much opportunity. And they could be a light in the workplace and they could find, no doubt, a church and a missionary in their area that's planting a church and come alongside and be a help. I think about that. I think about that survey and some of the stats, and I don't want to go all stat heavy on this, but uh, um, it was striking to me of all those people, the twenty-seven thousand people that are surveyed. Obviously, the most of them said eighty-two percent said I would do it if they paid me more. Seventy-four um, percent said I would do it just if it meant like a job advancement, a promotion, or something. But the most striking stat to me was. 47% of those surveyed, of those 27,000 people, uh, they said, I would go to another country just to learn another language. Mm. And I stopped and I thought about that. And I thought, a lot of people say, I don't want to be a missionary because I don't want to have to learn another language. <laughs> <laughs> so true. You think of the reasons why the world in general is willing to move. I, I used a statement at Camp Bimmy that uh, I heard it. It's not original with me, but it's always gripped me. Um, I've tied it into kind of the far north presentation of Camp Bimmy, and, and, and even our video has it. Um, and that is that the, the world will often do for gold what the Christian isn't doing for God. You know, when I look at stats like this, it just kind of reaffirms the the harsh reality that 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 quote is true mm-hmm. uh that mm-hmm. that very often the world is willing to 82 percent of twenty seven thousand people said pay me more i'll go anywhere in the world yep yeah it, it's pretty striking and i think if we would as christians say hey okay i'm not called to preach but i could do something for god somewhere uh and even in a place maybe with where we would call it a creative access place, but there's a company there mm-hmm. and be a light. It's an amazing opportunity that we have set before us. And and I think we really have to rethink, uh, you know, with borders open and mass immigration, I think we just have to be more strategic in how we, we approach missions. Now, we're always going to need church planters. Absolutely. But yeah. but we need to be strategic. Your, your survey you gave, the stats, were 27 countries. Well, I'm going to hone in because I, too, have done my own research on things and hone in specifically on a survey that was taken in November of 2019. So this was before the pandemic, and I found this so very interesting uh, that there was a report that was on a very well-known, legitimate uh, financial website, Mm -hmm. and they did a survey, and they found that 66% of U.S. workers, so just strictly in the Mm -hmm. United States— 66% 66% of U.S. workers would move abroad for a better paying job. Mm. And so, again, yeah. just that notion that, okay, yeah, maybe I would consider packing up and leaving the, you know, kind of the comforts of the United States to go overseas and, and work at a job 
in some place if it yeah. if it benefited me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that ties in directly with your statement that people will do for gold, um, what they oftentimes won't do for God, and you know there's just so many uh, amazing places that are open strictly because of work that a missionary would not be able to get into right. that many other people could potentially get into mm-hmm. because of their skill mm-hmm. because of the job they do the industry that they're involved in i know of someone who went over to the country of mongolia not an easy country to get into but this guy was able to go into mongolia with a um with a business uh, skill that he had as far as running a warehouse Mm-hmm. And he ran a warehouse out in Mongolia, but while he was there, he was plugged in, involved in a church, reaching mm-hmm. people for Christ, so on and so forth. I mean, what an opportunity that is. And right. and so now there's lives been changed uh, for eternity because of a mm-hmm. guy who said, hey, I'll go to Mongolia and work at a warehouse, and, and the Lord's used that for his glory. Mm-hmm. And so we need more people, mm-hmm. no doubt, to go and consider such things. As you, as you talk about that, you say, I think of I think of how missionaries who are called to preach and to plant churches have for years kind of used this idea to gain access to creative access countries. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you can't go to say China as a missionary, but we all know that you know people will teach English as a second language, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And alongside of that, there's a missions outreach. And those are people who are called to preach and teach and plant a church. Um, but what about the rest of, of all the people who maybe aren't called but still have this opportunity to go? I think when we think about Matthew 9, you know, the laborers, um, I don't think that when Jesus said that there was a need for more laborers, that he was meaning that only pastors and missionaries. Mm-hmm. I think he was meaning that every Christian yeah. should be a laborer. Um, you know, in, in my area of the world, um, in Canada, uh, there are a million and a half U.S. citizens that live across the country of Canada. That represents 4%. 4% of the population of Canada are actually U.S. citizens wow. living there for for work purposes. Now, I know not all of those million and a half people are Christians, but surely some of them are. And I, I'm i not aware of, uh, and, 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 and probably it's happening, uh, just because I'm not aware of it doesn't mean it's not happening, but... I'm not aware of a lot of um, a lot of those U.S. Christians who live across the northern border who are plugged into missions, works, and churches that are being planted across Canada and helping to further that. What if they said, you know, I'm living here anyways. Let me be a light where I am and and get involved and help this church plant. And what a tremendous opportunity and what a boost to the church plant itself to yeah. have somebody who could who could, from from the start, say, I can disciple people. Uh, I may not be called to preach, but I can disciple people. I could teach a Sunday school class. I could, I could be out soul winning because, you know, I've done that before. All of these things. And I just think that we need to really think about how we, how we uh, use the labor force, the Christian labor force around the world. You know, even for, there's obviously businessmen here. I mean, America is made up of small businessmen 
uh, and business women. That's the heartbeat of of our system, in a sense. And and so there are these entrepreneurial spirits that are out there. And and just to think about if they were to go overseas in some of these countries that are eager to have uh, American businessmen and women come over to start industry, to start you know shops or stores or whatever it may be in these foreign countries, particularly third world countries, because they're trying to you know they need people to put in some investment into their country and then just supply, get jobs for their everyday workers in that nation. And if you were to have someone who okay has a heart for you know a Christian heart for ministry, and I'm going to start a business in I'm just going to choose a country, say Cambodia. Okay, I'm going to start a business in Cambodia, and then I go and I'm hiring obviously national Cambodians. But if I also then make sure to hire, say, those who are studying for ministry, national pastors who are maybe in seminary or institute, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, how it works in in many countries around the world is there's six day work weeks. They're not five, you know, like we have mm-hmm. here in in the Western yeah. world. There's six day work weeks. There's twelve mm-hmm. to fourteen to fifteen hour days. Um, it, it, the schedule is a whole lot more intense than than what we have here in the United States. And mm-hmm. so, guys who are studying for the pastorate and for the ministry, well, they often can't do like work and study because. They have to work for so many hours, right. they don't have time to study, mm-hmm. or they miss their classes and so on and so forth. So if someone was a, a, a businessman to start and say, hey, I'm going to hire, I'll connect with the local Bible Institute, hire some of these guys, and instead of me hiring one worker for 13 hours a day, I'm going to hire four workers for three hours a day, or three workers for four hours a day, so that these guys can now have a better opportunity to do ministry, get get mentored. Mm-hmm. I'm fulfilling my my. I need a position filled at my mm-hmm. company, yep. but I, I'm i going in with the mindset of, okay, I can help these guys as they help me. And and so that creates another opportunity that does not exist so often. That's one of, in the third world and in Southeast Asia, particularly, that is one of the most common complaints. When I say complaints, struggles, I should say, right. struggles that is faced by those, those guys wanting to, national men wanting to be pastors is how to get training when they are the sole um, money maker. Right. And so they can't just stop everything mm-hmm. to go to Bible college or yeah. to go to an institute or be trained alongside yeah. with a pastor or a missionary. Mm-hmm. They need to make a balance, and that balance becomes sometimes nigh to impossible for it to work. And so guys are dropping out of Bible Institute all the time mm-hmm. because it's like, I can't come to class. I got to work. Mm-hmm. And and my employer won't let me off. Someone who has a sensitivity to that can 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 make things work. Then, yeah. yeah. What a great what a great idea. Um, and and it I think brings back the emphasis of the fact that as you talk about, there's a Bible college. If there's a Bible college, there was obviously a missionary who who started that alongside of we would uh, think a local church as well. And to kind of tie this all together, like we try to do on the podcast of missionaries and partnering churches and how do partnering churches uh, help their missionaries. Again, these ideas that we're talking about are not in any way, shape or form, a replacement of the need Mm. to plant churches Mm. um, and to send missionaries out. 
but it is a a way to maybe I don't know if I can phrase it this way. Hopefully, ensure success or um, do everything we can to make sure that there is a successful church plant. You've done it before. I've done it before. It's not easy to go out with just your family mm-hmm. and and uh, you know just get started and you don't know anybody. Even just one person who is there and and think about it. They don't have to raise support. They their their employer is paying them to be there. They're still carrying out their job, but they're a part of that church now. Mm-hmm. And it, just um, any church planter can identify with what a joy and what a what a help it is to have even just one person. Or think about what if it were a family um, that comes and gets plugged in and gets involved and is at a maturity level further along than the people you're trying to win and yeah. and can help you in that ministry and be an encouragement. So maybe as, as people are listening, sitting in local churches here and have you know, their employer says, hey, I've got a job for you in Sri Lanka. Maybe they start to wonder, is there a missionary in Sri mm-hmm. Lanka I could help? Is there a church plant there I could help? Think about it not just as these stats that we've given. Um, obviously, these are secular secular surveys, and people are doing it by and large, money and job advancement. But what if it was for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. And and we were saying, hey, this is where I think we need to be strategic. You want me to move to Sri Lanka? Oh, I could be involved in that church plan over there as well. Yeah, yeah that might be a good idea. And I've been praying for Sri Lanka every day for someone to go. So please, if you're hearing this. In I didn't mention Sri Lanka on purpose because of that. your company offers, please <laughs> let me know. I'll be so encouraged. Um, but another thing, not just the worker, but then there's another group of people that we that often just think time and age has passed them by of mm-hmm. being involved in missions, and that's your retirees. Mm-hmm. I mean, churches are full of senior citizens. I mean, that's just a, a large demographic of churches. And if someone was to consider actually retiring mm-hmm. in foreign lands yeah. and being, like you said, just yeah. plugging in and helping and assisting and encouraging a, a, a church that's on the foreign field somewhere. Again, and I know we're putting up more stats than we would ever typically do in um, a podcast, but currently there's 9 million U.S. citizens that live overseas. Wow. That, that's, a, wow. that's a survey that was given, uh, I mean, not a survey, a statistic that was given out uh, just a couple years ago. So a couple mm-hmm. years ago, 9 million U.S. citizens live overseas. Of that, in a, in a 2019 survey, it comes out that 27% of those are retirees. Hmm. And then the rest wow. would be workers mm-hmm. um, working on their own or working in, in jobs they started or whatever. But 27% of those are retirees. They're living on the beaches of Costa Rica. They're living in the, the sun-kissed areas of Fiji. They're doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And and if you were to just all of a sudden take someone who's saying, okay, I'm retired, and, and often people are like, oh, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Well, you can move to some of these places and live very well. Sure. There's marketing all the time for this. Yeah. And, and look, I didn't even know this, but I did find this out just doing some research. There's a retired living magazine. Okay. I'm not to that retired living life yet. So it's not my, my, not, not my go-to magazine when I'm you know, wanting something to read. 
But in there, I even found an article, the top 10 places to retire, considering factors that a retiree would see important. Health, medical care, Mm -hmm. climate, uh, get the biggest bang for your buck uh, of how you can live, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. Golf courses. Golf courses, all those things. Um, All of them, no matter what, which country, I remember the list, uh, I mean, I don't remember the list of the 10 off the top of my head right now, but all of them, there's one thing I can tell you. They all had missionaries that would be in that that yeah. that con- those mm-hmm. countries, and they were unsafe people. Yeah. And so, if retirees were were to instead of just say, "Okay, I'm just going to go down to Florida or go to your old neck of the woods, Arizona, and yep. live out in the sun and mm-hmm. and bake out there," but hey, Lord, maybe you can use me to move to a place like Mexico and mm-hmm. retire in a in an area with I mean look there's good places in Mexico there's bad places in Mexico go to a decent place and help get plugged into a church you know or go down to Central America or go mm-hmm. down to something mm-hmm. but even if you stretch it and say okay I'm not looking at comfort and ease of where I can just kind of enjoy my retired life I know a guy who moved out he was 66 years old moved out to Vietnam and he is just living on his retirement helping and just encourage national pastors, and he travels with them. He's he's helping. He, you know, he's mm-hmm. a uh, strong in the faith, and he's encouraging these young pastors in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And and I get an email from him probably every week, um, and just the folks that he's seeing led to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if we had more retirees that say, you know what, I'm not just going to live in Florida or or, or Arizona, but I will live anywhere the Lord wants mm-hmm. me. There are there are places people can go and be used of God. So they say, well, time has stopped, time and age. No. Mm. If we remove that thinking, God could still yeah. use them. Yeah. God's still using missionaries who are, I mean, 75, 76. They're living Absolutely. on the foreign field. I mean, we know, BIMI, we have... Uh, I've got a couple that are, I believe they're in their 80s at this point, have literally in the last couple weeks moved from the place they have been ministering for years to another town, sold their house, brand new house. They're going to plant another church. Yeah. 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 And I think I have, in out of Southeast Asia, in South Pacific missionaries, I have four families I can think of just thought my head that are over mm-hmm. the age of 73. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're living on the foreign field. Mm-hmm. They have health needs, yeah. but they're being met. They have aches and pains, but they're waking up finding them met, and they're 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 successfully serving the Lord on the yeah. foreign fields, even at that age. Yeah. So it it is not impossible, mm-hmm. and and what we just have to do, and you know, and I know people may be like, well, how does this tie to the pastors and missionaries who partner with them? But if we were to spread the word mm-hmm. that hey, anybody can be involved in missions. Yep. Not just missionaries. Now, yes, there is a specific calling, and we've talked about that, about church planting and evangelism on the field and all that they do. But, boy, average Joe person has been called to evangelize and disciple yeah. Yeah. and teach and yeah. train. Yeah. And and so they could do that yeah. anywhere, and the world is opening up to make that possible. Absolutely. I can tell you from firsthand experience that the retirement age crowd, what we called snowbirds in Arizona— Man, they helped us build the church in Arizona 
oftentimes I think we we would have never accomplished anything without mm -hmm. those retirees that came in. They were only a lot of them with us only six months a year, but man, did they get plugged in, and yep. we loved having them. I think of I can think of a couple right now uh, when we we weren't only I don't think maybe two months in Arizona. And, you know, I had set as a goal that I would knock on at least 100 doors a day, every day, um, as we were building that church and uh, excluding Sundays. And so just out knocking doors every single day. And anybody who's done that, every church planter, every missionary, we've all done that, right? So mm -hmm. um, it gets lonely and it can even get a little bit discouraging. And I remember a, a couple that came in and they were trying to decide whether they were going to do Arizona snowbirds or Florida snowbirds. Well, they did Arizona first. And the man came out door knocking with me on a pretty regular basis. I'll tell you what, I did everything I could to convince them not even to consider Florida. <laughs> Just come to Arizona. Now, ultimately, unfortunately, grandchildren went out in that situation. I do know that they still serve and they were still a blessing to where they were. But the point is this. They were such a huge blessing and help to the founding of that church that goes on to this day. And I think they get as much credit and were as much involved as I was in that because they made sure things kept going. And uh, we absolutely loved having those retirees for, for those months mm -hmm. when they were there and gave a great boost to the, the labor force in the church. Because when they went back to their other, their church, they were at six months, you know, for the mm -hmm. other year, they were a help there too. Yeah. So they could do this internationally. And there are people I hear all the time, you know, companies marketing to retired people think about retiring in Belize or somewhere mm -hmm. else. You mm -hmm. hear those commercials all the time. And you're right. There's church planters there and there are Christians there that they could come alongside of and missionaries that come alongside of. And most importantly, there's lost people there that they could reach as well. Yeah. Hey, we, the need is so great. And there is a labor force yep. that is just sitting in churches and there is a way to maximize and mobilize yep. those uh, those yeah. folks to do mm -hmm. the Great Commission. It's not just for a select mm -hmm. group of people. Yeah. And it's a great conversation. Yeah. There, I hope that some who are listening will, will seriously consider, maybe somebody even listening has just gotten, it's not out of the question, somebody just recently had an employer said, hey, you want to move to such and such a place for for work and really start considering and and obviously people serious Christians are going to pray about those things anyways but start thinking well maybe this is how the Lord's going to help me be involved in missions also this is truly uh, a matter for the missionary and the partnering churches to get mm. involved in uh, for the furtherance of the gospel around the world thank you so much for listening this week and being a part of the podcast and uh, we look forward to each and every week when we get to have this time with you take the time to um uh Give us a rating in whatever app you listen to. That helps to get the word out. Share the podcast if you would. If you'd like to contact us or further this conversation, our contact information is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. Until next week, have a great week in the Lord. Mm -hmm.